You are listening to the weekly podcast of Mount Vernon Baptist Church Westwood in Memphis, Tennessee. We pray you enjoy today's message. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Lord, we bless your name. My soul says yes. My soul says yes, Lord. I'll go where you send me. I'll say what you tell me. I'll do how you lead me. My soul says yes. Hallelujah. Is there a yes in your soul this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord God. Bless that wonderful name of Jesus. I'd like for you to go to the book of Nahum, uh, chapter 1, and let's look at um, verse 7, consider the entire chapter. I want you to pay attention to verse 7, that's what I'm preaching from, this is one verse, uh, but I'm really preaching from the entire book. Verse 7, the Lord is good. How many of you can testify to that? Amen. I said, how many of you can testify that the Lord is good? The Lord is good. We really could stop right there and have church. A stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who trust in him. The word of God for the people of God. Turn to your neighbors and neighbor. The Lord is good. Tell it wherever you go. Amen. Hallelujah. He's good. <laughs> oh, yes. He's good. And he's worthy. God, we thank you for your word that is already anointed. May it fall on good ground today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God as we enter into our missionary month, uh, we have organized missionary groups of anointed women of God who do the work of ministry, organized missionary groups, missionary circles, missionary teams. And these groups are led by our own sister Ruby Hayes, and we thank God for her. Uh, July is missionary, missions and missionary month. The truth of the matter is, though, church, every believer is a missionary uh, because all of us have been given the assignment and the task to carry the good news. A missionary is one who is sent on a mission, and we have a mission to tell God's word and to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Each of us are missionaries. Thank God today for the book of Nahum because God instructed Nahum to announce his judgment on the Assyrian Empire and its capital city, Nineveh. You will remember that Jonah went to Nineveh and preached the word, and the Ninevites repented. <clears throat> and here it is 150 years later, the context of what we're reading today, 150 years later, the nation had fallen into bad shape. 
both morally and spiritually. Nahum's prophecy is not just a warning of the destruction of Nineveh, which it is a, a warning uh, to the Syrian army and specifically targeting the capital city of Nineveh, but it is also a positive encouragement and message of comfort uh, for the people of God. Amen. It's also a message of comfort uh, for all who experience then the endless cruelty of the Assyrians and anyone, all of us, who are dealing with oppression today. Uh, the prophet Nahum's writing testifies to his belief in the righteousness of God and the justice of God. It shows us that God is watching, amen, and God will have vengeance on those who are cruel and oppressive towards others. This is what we learn from this, this prophet Nahum. Uh, and that should serve notice to any nation that feels that they can escape the judgment of God after oppressing, marginalizing, and disenfranchising the vulnerable. Amen. This week we witnessed the dismantling or the striking down of affirmative action. Affirmative action, a program designed to ensure colleges and employers are held accountable for diversity and equity. And even with affirmative action in place, people of color were still put on the fringes of opportunity and left out from access to capital. You may as well say amen, even with it in place. And here's one reason why affirmative action matters. In case, you know, you say, well, it don't, some may say, what, what difference does it make? Let me tell you why it matters. When people are doing you wrong, they're not going to change on their own. And since they're not going to change on their own, you have to make them do it. Amen. You have to make them do it, then you have to hold them accountable. And now here it is today, the uh, Supreme Court has decided we're going to strike that down. We were already on the fringes being marginalized, and the thing that we had in place that would help hold somebody accountable for making sure, now they've struck that down. Uh, church, we have to pray. In a perfect world, we won't need affirmative action, but this is not a perfect world because the truth of the matter is there is a plot to keep us out. You may as well say amen. There's a plot to keep us out and behind and away from access. Uh, but we're not new to it. You won't have an issue with HBCUs. Amen. Somebody ought to say amen to that. Don't you know that once you finish trying to dig a ditch for the child of God, the Lord will set it up to where you fall in it? Don't you know that God always has the last word? And so let's continue to pray. And let's continue to protest and do all that we can to speak truth to power. And here it is, Nahum is dealing with the nature of God on the backdrop of oppression. From the beginning of the book here, Nahum shows that God will by no means ignore the oppressor, that God will bring vengeance. Here it is, the opening passage. It says, 
The Lord is jealous. He's an avenging God. The Lord takes vengeance and is filled with wrath. And don't you get afraid because God is targeting this kind of language to those who are intent on stepping on everybody else. It says the Lord takes vengeance on his, flow, on his foes. He says the Lord is slow to anger but great in power. Uh, that means don't fool yourself. Uh, he's slow to anger but don't play with God. Amen. He knows how to break the backbone of your power when you use that power to oppress others. Is anybody here that knows the kind of God that we serve? Amen. Nahum has a message. He has a message for us today. The message is no matter how much power and wealth and authority one may accumulate, it can never replace being in a good standing with the Lord. Amen. From today's text, we receive our commission as believers. And may this message be your message as you travel along this week. Walk with me, church, through this one verse. Notice verse 7 has several components, but I like what it says here. It says he's a stronghold in the day of trouble. This announces the presence of God. Right there in verse 7, a stronghold in the day of trouble. The word stronghold is translated a refuge. It's also translated a high place. It's where you run to uh, when you don't want to be reached by somebody. It's an unreachable area. He says the Lord is a stronghold. This is where you go when trouble finds you. This is where you go when you find yourself in trouble. And truthfully, church, trouble comes to every life. Jesus said in John chapter 16 and 33, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. We got to deal with times of emotional stress, depression, financial reverses. Christians are not excluded from trying to rescue wayward children and struggling with difficult people. Yes, you will encounter times of, of trouble. You will be disliked by people on your job. You'll be disliked by somebody in your school, somebody in your class going to say something about you. People are just not going to like you for whatever reason. They won't like you because you're too tall. They're going to say something about you if you're shorter than they are. They're not going to like you because your hair is longer. Whether it's your hair, you pay for it, don't matter. They're not going to like you because your hair is longer. They're not going to like you because your eyebrows reaching out higher than theirs reaching out. They're going to have a reason to hate on you. You may as well get used to it because we live in a world and it's filled with trouble. Amen. You can't escape trouble. Job says man was born of a woman and he lives a few days and those days are filled with what? Trouble. But here's, here's the good news, y'all. Trouble comes to every believer's life, but the Lord covers the troubled life of every believer. Give God praise right there. Give God glory. No matter what it is, you can run to him, and he has you covered. How does the Lord cover us? Well, he covers us with his word. Amen. Thank God for his word. God's word reassures us of his presence, that he is a very present help in time of trouble. He covers us with his word. He, troubles us. He, he covers us in times of trouble. He covers us with his presence. Amen. God will allow us to feel and know that we are not alone. We can feel his presence during troubling times. 
I thank God for the strength of his presence. Covers us with his word. He covers us with his presence. And he covers us through his people. Amen. This is why you need to be in church. This is why you have to get involved in church. Don't listen to those individuals who like to criticize church folk. You know, church folk this, church folk that. Oh, Mount Vernon is a place where you can find refuge. Whatever you need covering from, God is here and you can be delivered from anything and everything. This is a place God uses his people to cover us during times of trouble. Amen. And church, we should aim to be the kind of believers that are willing to say, I got you covered. Amen. Help me spread the word this morning, church. Find somebody and just tell them, I got you covered. I got you covered. I got you covered. Uh, amen. God uh, sends people into your life who are filled with faith that will help you walk through difficult times, that will pray you through hard times. Is there anybody here that's had to lean on somebody else? I know we got some super saints, but I just thank God for those that the Lord has placed in my life to help me to make it through. The Lord covers us with his people. That's why we have to be in church, involved in church, get, get involved, be part of something. Amen. So you're not out there just by yourself going through difficult times because the person sitting next to you, they know how to pray and call upon the name of Jesus. But if they don't know or see or understand what's going on, then what are we going to do? We have to be connected to each other. Amen? How many of you know your pew partner? Oh, I wish I could give you a, a test and exam right now and say, tell, tell me who your pew partner is. How many of you know your pew partner? Okay, 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 okay. Let me see here. I know y'all got choir partners. Y'all got it easy up there. Raise your hand again. How many of you know your pew partner? Okay. Dr. Wilson, who is your pew partner? You can't say Brother Wilson. Who's your pew partner? Miss May Clayton. Give that a hand, y'all. Give that a hand. All right. How many know their pew partner? Hands going down now. Hands going down now. All right. Sister Wells, who's your pew partner? Can't say Brother Wells. Sister Woods, amen. Give that a hand. Give that a hand. Give that a hand. How many of you know your pew partner's phone number? Uh-huh. All right. It's in your phone. Okay, amen. When we were growing up, you knew every number, 278-1415, that's grandma's number, 276-7492, that's so-and-so number. But now you don't know your own number. You got to look at the phone and say, now what's my number? You don't know your child's phone number. You don't know mama's number. You got to look at your phone. What are we doing, y'all? Amen. But you, I want you to know your pew partner. I want you to find out their telephone number. And when you don't see them at church, check on them. Amen. We have to have each other covered. Give God praise, church. Give God glory. Amen. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows them that trust in him. Now, this here speaks of personal relationship. It says he knows them that trust in him. You have to, we have to have a personal relationship with God for ourselves. You can't just Google Jesus and think you know him. Uh, you, you can't follow him 
on Facebook and say, well, I'm a disciple. You can't like him on Twitter and say, now, I walk with the Lord. You have to know him for yourself. He says he knows those who trust in him. To trust is to rely on, to have confidence in. God knows those who trust him. We can't fool God. God knows those who trust him because those who trust him are easy to identify. Amen. Those who trust him seem, we, they, 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 they aim for patience. And it's a shining display during times of trouble. You know those who are trusting God because during times of trouble, they have a quiet, patient faith. They're trusting, they're praying, they're asking God for strength. Those who are trusting God, they know how to be quiet and wait on the Lord. Those who are trusting God are easy to identify because they have a different confession. They practice what I call sanctified self-talk. You ever talk to yourself? That means they, they, they speak faith and not fear. Those who are trusting God are able to look fear in the face and say, but God is able to turn anything around. Those who are trusting God are able to look at every weapon that is being formed against you. And we're able to stand and say, no weapon that's formed against me shall ever be able to prosper. Those who are trusting God can look around at lack and say, it looks like I need this. It looks like I need that. But I'm not worried because right now I have everything I need. And if he provided for me back then, he's going to make a way tomorrow. I'm not worried because God says I will provide every and each and every one of your needs according to my riches and glory. Those who are trusting God are able to look out and say, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he owns the oil under the hill. My God has everything in his hand. Is there anybody here that's just trusting God? Those who are trusting God, they are easy to identify because they have a different type of patience in time of trouble. They have a different confession during times of trouble because church Trust makes faith possible, and faith makes patience possible, and patience lets you inherit the promise. That means that you don't really have to have it in your hand before you thank God that you already got it. That's what waiting on the Lord will do for you. That means that whatever you're waiting and asking God to do tomorrow, you can thank him right now, today, because you're trusting him right now. Hallelujah. Give God praise here, church. Give God the glory if you are trusting in the name of the Lord. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a way maker. He's a mind regulator. He's a heart fixer. When you trust him, he'll give you everything that you need. Hallelujah. The Lord knows those who trust him because they have a different kind of patience. They have a different kind of confession, and they know how to praise God regardless of what they're going through. Don't fool yourself and think that the person next to you are clapping because everything is howdy howdy and everything is going well. Some of us have just learned to clap and cry at the same time. Don't you think that I'm because I'm dancing that I didn't have a bad night? 
But I've learned to praise God through every bad night, through every good night, because whether it's good or bad, I got to tell him thank you. I got to thank him for being here right now. Those who are trusting God, they know how to praise him, regardless of how they feel. They don't have to feel good to give God a praise. They know how to give him a sacrifice of praise. That means, Lord, I'm going to stand here with tears in my eyes, but I got to tell you thank you because I've been disciplined. I've been taught to bless his name. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Those who are trusting God, they know how to praise him regardless of how they feel. You got a backache? Praise him anyway. You got a headache? Give him praise anyway. You got an eye ache? Tell the Lord, thank you for the other eye. You got an arm ache? Say, Lord, I thank you that I can do something with this arm. They know how to praise God. I wish I had a saint that just could take five seconds to tell the Lord, thank you for all of his goodness in your life. Give him praise. Give God the praise. Hallelujah. In terms of the Lord, the Lord knows how. When you praise him in the midst of trouble, I believe I have some witnesses here that helped me spread the word. God can turn it around. Let me run that by us one more time. I said, when you praise him in the midst of trouble, God knows how to turn things around. Is that your testimony in life where you looked at a situation, didn't know how it was going to turn, but you decided to lift up a praise, and before you know it, God, he can turn your money around. He can turn your home around. He can turn your body around. He can turn things around when you trust him. The Bible says that he knows those who trust him. How many of you are trusting the name of the Lord? Hallelujah. Those who trust in the name of the Lord know how to look at a situation and just say amen. Let me run that by us one more time. Uh, we're used to saying amen. Uh, when things are... You know, we, look, we, we like to say amen. We no, normally don't say amen to difficult situations. But if you can see through the difficulty and see God turning it around, you think I'm saying amen to the difficulty. But I'm really saying amen to what God is getting ready to do. The doctor can come into your room and say, this is it. You just say amen. I don't know how it's going to turn around. Amen. What are you saying amen for? I'm saying amen to what God is going to do. Hallelujah. You're able to say amen. And go ahead and thank God. He says he's a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who trust him. And he says, the Lord is good. It's right here in the text. Notice the phrase, the Lord is good. This reveals the character of God. In church, it is important for us to know the character of God. Because what we think about, what comes to our mind when we think about God is very important. Our convictions about God must be founded on biblical truth. So many have opinions about the Lord, uh, but you have to go to the book to find out who he is and what he's about. We draw conclusions about God's character from God's word. I thank God that the goodness of God 
is proclaimed in Scripture repeatedly. Good news, good news for us because it lets us know that God is not a divine dictator who is determined to destroy us. It encourages me to know that God is not a triune tyrant waiting to take us out. This text says the Lord is good. This statement is made against a clear backdrop of God's judgment on the Assyrians. And many times when you see bad things happening, you forget that we still have a good God. Consider the context of verses 2 through 6, and this should encourage us today because our nation, like the ancient Assyrians, has wandered far away from God. The Assyrians were some of the meanest people on this on the planet, and I'm not saying, I'm certainly not saying that, that our nation is the meanest on the planet, but I will say this, that unless we repent, we got some judgment coming. Uh, we have ignored God's word, and we have found countless ways to cut God out of our lives. We use the failure of people as an excuse for us to stay away from God. You need to be in the house of the Lord, but you're not there because somebody, you can name somebody. Don't you realize that when we stand before God, my name is not going to come up when you're standing in front of him. Let me run that by one more time. When you stand before him, he's not going to ask you about me. That's why you got to have your life right with God for yourself. Oh, I wish I had some help in here today. The turmoil in our society, the upheaval in our economy, the steady decline in our morality can all be traced back to our abandonment of God and God's word. But here it is, the shining ray of hope. That even during turmoil and a, a strong prophetic message from Nahum, God says, the Lord is good. The Lord is good to those who trust him. The Lord is even good to those who don't trust him. The Lord is good to those who acknowledge the last breath that I just took into my body. God gave it to me. And God is good to those who don't acknowledge that the last breath that you just took, God gave it to you. That's a good God. The Lord is good. The Bible says that creation declares it. Because the scripture says in Psalm 33 and 5, the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. The Lord is good. And the cross demonstrates it. Oh, I thank God here today that if you ever need a class on the goodness of the Lord. Follow me up a hill called Calvary. There is standing one who has a cross on his shoulder. And the Bible says that they lifted him up on that cross after they put nails in his hand, a nail in his feet, had a crown of thorn on his head. They lifted him up high, spread him wide. But he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Thank God here today that the Bible says that God demonstrates his love for us 
in that while we were sinners, Christ died. I got to give him praise right now. I got to tell him thank you because at the cross, he showed me his goodness. Is there anybody here that's just grateful for what God did for us on Calvary's cross? The Lord is good. Creation declares it. The Lord is good. The cross demonstration. I'm going to close here. The Lord is good. Your life should testify of it. That's why the Lord is good. You got to tell it wherever you go. You can testify here today that the Lord is good. We made it here because of God's goodness. And our life should be a testif testimony of the goodness of God. The scripture says in Psalm 136 and 1, and it gives us the proper response when we recognize the Lord's goodness. Anybody here that recognizes the Lord's goodness in your own life? Well, Psalm 136 says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. We got to thank him for his goodness. We got to tell him thank you for his goodness because everything that God has done for us, he did it not because we deserve it. He did it because he's good. And the Bible says that the believers ought to thank God for his goodness. No matter what's happening in your life, it does not take away from the fact that the Lord is good and he's worthy to be praised. That's why church, we always have a message. We always have a message. Preachers, we always have a message. Church, you always have a message. I ought to be able to call you right now, Mount Vernon member, and say, come on and share a message with us. Amen, somebody. I'm not going to call you now. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to call you. We should always have a message to tell the world. We should always have something to preach. Every believer, every member of Mount Vernon ought to be able to preach. And each of us has a message. You don't need a sermon outline. You don't need a doctorate degree in theology. All you really need is common spiritual sense to know that the Lord is good. That ought to be a message for somebody right there. You ought to be able to stand up and grab a microphone and tell the world that the Lord is good. You ought to be willing to stand up and open up your mouth and tell somebody that God has been good to me, that he's been a stronghold in a day of trouble. I've been able to run to him with tears in my eyes, and he got me covered. The Lord is good. I've been able to trust him in the midnight hour, and he beat back the hand of the enemy. I can trust him, and he knows that I trust him. And then we ought to be able to stand up and say, the Lord is good. He's been good to me. Before 7 o'clock this morning, he blessed me about a billion times. I got to tell him thank you. You got to be able to stand up and say, the Lord is good. He's been good to me all my life. Hallelujah. He's been good to my family. He made a way for me. He put money in my pocket. Don't have a whole lot, but I thank God for the little bit that I have. He put clothes on my back. The Lord is good. Put food on my table. The Lord is good. Put clapping in my hands. The Lord is good. Put running in my feet. The Lord is good. Put a praise in my heart. The Lord is good. He woke me up this morning. Last night could have been my last night, but I'm here right now. The bed that I slept on was not my casket. I give God glory right now that he put life in my body.
touched me with the finger of love, told me to go on and run on in Jesus' name. The Lord is good. Is there anybody here that want to tell him thank you for his goodness? He's made a way out of no way. Hallelujah. He's wiped tears from my eyes. The Lord is good. I'll give him praise at church. Give God the glory. That would have been all right. I said, give God the glory. He's a good God. Hallelujah. He's a good God. He's better to us than we could ever be to ourselves. He's a good God. And I give him glory, honor, and praise. And church, this is our message. Tell it wherever you go. That the Lord is a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who trust him. And he's good. He's better than good. Give him praise, church. Give God glory. He's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. While we're standing, while we're standing today, we want to extend an invitation. Somebody may be here now who's ready to say yes to the Lord, ready to make Mount Vernon your church home. You've been searching. You've been thinking about it. Today is your day. Maybe you're here, you have not received Christ, you have not been baptized. Today is your day. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.